You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very From the AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Once Upon a Time After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424 424- 256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Once Upon a Time After Show. Welcome to AfterBuzz TV Once Upon a Time. This is your host, Jason Parsley, editor-in-chief of Florida Gay News. Thank you, thank you. With me is Mike Rolfin from Hollywood.com. And also on the line... Give him some time to give you some applause. Damn it. <laughs> and also on the line... Hi. That is Lisa Lucas, <laughs> former child actress, star of the house, a, the house Without a Christmas Tree. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you. She's not with us tonight. She's just on the line. Can someone just get her a damn Christmas tree already? Because seriously. <laughs> yeah, really. Did, um, speaking of, did you ever get a Christmas tree? Yeah, I did. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. So, we're, um, overall thoughts, guys, about tonight's episode? Uh, pretty good. Self-contained, like we, I think we were talking about a minute ago. Not, a, not too much juggling going on. But still, a pretty solid episode. Red Riding Hood, great backstory. Twist we didn't see coming, I don't think. I love the backstory. I don't know um, if it moved the, the whole series forward any. I think that's why we were trying to have to, having trouble coming up with talking points tonight because I don't know if it really moved the series forward. But I love the backstory of Red Riding Hood, Lisa. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't remember that. Or I don't even know if they changed it or if it was the original story that she was the wolf. I, I mean, that was shocking to me. I think that was a big change. I don't. I think. Um, and Mike is going to give us a little bit of history, but I'm going to change. Big change. I'm going to jump into the um, summary real quick, and we'll start with that. Okay. So summary tonight. Um, like we said, Red Riding's uh, history in the fairy tale world. We see Red Riding. Uh, the the town I guess in which they live every month there's a the they call it the wolf the wolf time wolves time and and each month this big bad wolf comes out and starts killing people so we see Red Riding Hood and Granny and Granny tries to protect the town telling them you know don't hunt the wolf just stay inside just leave the wolf alone just you know protect your children. And the townspeople are upset. They they want to go out and kill the wolf, and they send a hunting party out, and the wolf kills them. And so, by the you know as the as the episode progresses, we um, we see Snow White who ends up in Red Riding Hood's um, farmhouse, 
and they meet, and we finally get to see how they meet and become friends, and uh, of course they become fast friends, and by the end of the episode, we learn that um, the wolf is actually a werewolf, and the werewolf happens to be Red Riding Hood. And what? I'm saying the red cloak. Yeah, the red cloak, which we we learn after we learn that she's the werewolf. We learn that Granny um, um, bought a magical red cloak from a wizard. That if Red Riding Hood wears it at all times, she won't turn into the wolf and you know end up killing people. Um, now Red Riding Hood and Snow White come to the conclusion that Red Riding Hood's boyfriend um, is actually the werewolf. So they decide to chain him up one night to protect him from becoming the wolf. Um, that ends up being a very bad idea because... Oh, wait. Also, you must uh, interject that she took off the cloak to leave it with snow to pretend to be her. Uh, that's true. Bed. So therefore, she didn't have the cloak on to prevent her from becoming the wolf. So you're right. Snow White had the, the red cloak, and then... Um, Red Riding Hood turns into the wolf and kills her own boyfriend. Uh, and then when she, of course, comes out of her, or Granny actually um, shoots the the, wolf, the Red Riding as a werewolf with a silver-tipped um, arrow and then throws the cloak over her and she turns back into Red Riding Hood. And then she learns that she had just killed her boyfriend, which is obviously very traumatic. So then in the in the real world, we see... Red, riding, red, as she's called, Ruby, um, she quits her grandmother's uh, diner, and she is very, I guess she has a lot of insecurity problems. She doesn't want to know what she wants to do with her life and, and blah, blah, blah. And so um, Emma takes her under her wing, hires her as her receptionist slash uh, assistant deputy, kind of, and she ends up... Um, you know, performing some duties and actually does a really good job. And one of the duties she does a good job at is David and Mary are, of course, still very upset over the disappearance of Catherine. They both go looking for Catherine. And what Mary finds is a very um, out of his mind, I guess, David. You know, David is, is not himself. And Mary's like, what's wrong with you? And you know, David doesn't answer, so Mary goes and finds Emma, who then um, goes back and finds David with Red Riding Hood, and he's unconscious in the woods, he has a cut on his forehead, and blah, 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 and so apparently he's been having these episodes of blacking out, so immediately they suspect that perhaps he did something to Catherine during one of these blackouts, and... Then by the end of the episode, that's not the case. Red Riding Hood actually goes out and finds a box with a um, where he where he last had his blackout, uh, the previous blackout, the previous at the bridge at the bridge. So she goes to look she for clues. She sends her to. She has a good sense, just like a wolf would might would smell. She has a good sense to snuff out things. She found David. She now she finds this box, which happens to have a human heart buried a human heart inside. And so, of course, she takes it to Emma. They discover, they run some tests. The tests aren't back yet. Um, so we don't know whose heart it is. We're not sure it's human. Well, I guess it looks human enough. They think, they definitely think it's human. Well, it's, it's in one of our genius boxes, isn't it? So, 
we're assuming it's going to be a human heart, and I'm sure Don't it's a big setup. Don't forget, Regina has a whole bunch of hearts. Yeah, yeah, so that's what we're assuming it comes from that whole... Like uh, the Huntsman. Yeah, the whole underground cult that she has. With Her collection in the vault. Exactly. So, which that brings us to our first talking point, which is... What? History? Yes, well, um, before our first talking point, we'll get into the history with Mike. Real quickie, I'm not going to, uh, you guys like that real quickie, I'm not going to uh, bore you guys too much of the history. Uh, the, the Red Riding Hood is one of the oldest of the fairy tales, dates back to just before 1700. And uh, we all know the tale, Red is taking food to her sick grandma, the wolf sees her and wants to eat her, but not in public, so he wants to do it uh, at grandma's house. He rushes back there eats grandma whole, and this is important, then proceeds to pretend to be grandma, and then eventually eats red whole. Now, in the original story, it's kind of interesting, a lumberjack saves them by cutting open the wolf, and the two of them pop out, still alive, still kicking, they're great, which is weird. But that doesn't kill the wolf, they fill the wolf with rocks, and I guess that weighs them down, that kills the wolf. So, obviously tonight, very, 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 very different than the original tale. By far, Jason. Well, um, that's it. That's the history. Uh, just a quick little rundown. Well, actually, uh, Lisa, right before we started the show, brought up a really good point. Um, what was it, Lisa? You said. Um, there was a story, um, and uh, I'm looking it up, but it was about Peter and the wolf. Which, and, uh, which I'm looking it up as well. It's apparently it's, it's a. a pump. It was it was a children's story. Yeah, and we um, all know they made it, movie out of it, and they did a um, a Russian com- composition, Sergei Pro- Prokofiev, in 1936. Yeah, um, you, if you heard it, you recognize the music. And that's obviously alluding to the fact that uh, Ruby's boyfriend in in, uh, in the fantasy world is his name is Peter. Name Peter, and he's the one who's tied up and right. pretty much. So nonchalantly, just torn apart by his girlfriend and eaten, which I, I just was such a. They just yeah. There, there's no there's no shock factor with the writers of Lost whatsoever. Jason. Um, yeah, it seemed like they blended a few different stories in in with this. So you got, you know, I never even heard of Peter and the Wolf. So thanks for bringing that up, Lisa. So you had Red Riding Hood, mm-hmm. Peter and the Wolf, and. Um, what was any other stories blended in? Did you see or notice? Uh, not, not yet. Um, no. They, they might come up as we go through the points. I'm sure we'll, they'll come to to mind. So I mean, we should probably just move on to uh, what we have coming next. I'll just quickly give you um, the little um, summary of what Peter and the Wolf was to see if you find any other um, things from it. Uh, it's, um, and anima- it was animated, I guess. And Peter, he an- animated the story um, in 2006. And <clears throat> Peter is a slight lad, solitary, locked out of the woods by the, his protective grandfather, his only friend as a duck. In town, he's bullied. When a wolf menaces the duck, as well as grandfather's fat cat and an ill-flying bird that Peter has befriended, Peter bravely tries to tr- free the wolf. Grandfather, the townspeople, and the hunters who have antagonized Peter figure in the dating world. So it's it's kind of somehow they related that you know they tied it in. Not, there wasn't really much more um, to, to to other than his name, I think. 
But but I guarantee they picked that name on purpose. Yeah, of course. Yeah, they definitely picked it on purpose. Pardon me? Go, I said I guarantee the writers oh, picked it on purpose. And to, to go along with, you know, the different wolf stories out there. And obviously, oh, well, I think the big... The well, big, then we have werewolves. Yeah. The werewolf story, that doesn't figure into to, to, um, Little Red Riding Hood anywhere. So yep. that's another wolf, wolf um, tale that's blended in, the whole werewolf story. I was expecting to see Taylor Lautner pop out somewhere. I with, know. With his perfect abs. <laughs> Which is funny that the actress that played uh, Ruby, Megan Ory, she's been in like Smallville, Supernatural, some other uh, shows. Nothing. She really hasn't. She's in her. She's thirty, and hasn't really broken out. I, I, I see her, and I think that she's kind of like could be a star of her own show. I mean, she's beautiful and she's kind of charismatic. A lot, a lot of people really like Red Riding Hood, even though she plays a small role. But it's funny, she played a vampire in one of her small series that she she was in. So she she loves the supernatural. Well, I like I like how they've taken her and turned her into like this sexy, you know, you know, like this just sexy type of um, character in her in the real world. You know? In the story, in the original Red Riding Hood, didn't she get lost? Yeah, she gets the lost. There's there's lost many very yeah, many variations out there. Right. Uh, so one of them she doesn't get lost. So in, and what I'm what I was thinking was that in the real world. Ruby is lost in her life. She, they constantly get bringing up that she doesn't know who she is or what she's going to do, uh, what can she do, and you know where she where she going to go from here. So she's lost. Well, well and, sorry. And I guess maybe that has to do with lost the show. I don't know if that can. Hey, hey. there's there's so many uh, so many comparisons and parallels. We can we can keep going all night. Um, continuing on the different things. How about the granny's a badass in this one as opposed to being an old lady who just kind of waits there and gets eaten by the wolf? I mean, she has like a bow and arrow. She's a complete well, badass. She's actually, she was, a, she was um, a transformed into a werewolf. She, has, she only has her sense of smell left. She's stopped killing. She was, her husband um, attacked her and turned her into a werewolf. So her grandfather. in her arm. It was her grandfather, I think. Oh. I thought it was oh. Well, no, no. Maybe she said grandfather, but maybe she meant Ruby's grandfather. Yeah, actually. I think, right. well, I think okay. Lisa's right on this one. I think it was, she said Ruby's grandfather was where it started. Right. Oh, and okay. he marked he marked yeah. her. That was the mark were from her from him, not a wolf. When she showed, told that story about being... Plus, that when she first said that the wolf clenched his, her arm in his mouth, that scar was not a ma- an oral scar. That was a scratch mark. Well, if you notice, too, she had that scar in the real world. Yeah. Oh. So I wonder so what... I thought that they said her name. I was really happy they said her. I thought they said, when she walked into the town meeting, that she said, Little Lucas or something. I thought they said, so I was like, oh, my name. But then they might have said Luca. Which and, if, and, if, and if you didn't hear... Latin for wolf. Really? Mm-hmm. You know a lot about Latin, Lisa. Is there a reason for that? Languages. What? Well, it's also French. And, and, and I think it's Spanish as well. Lupe means wolf. Oh. Um, so that brings us to our first talking point, which is the, the box and the heart. Now, do we think it's, real, do we think it's Catherine's? It I don't think be, so. I, I don't think it's even human, actually. Really? I'm gonna go. No. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go variation. Say it's human. We all know it's Regina. Um, right. I think it's 
I mean, who knows who it is, but I definitely think it's one of her many hundreds of hearts that she has. I, what about the Huntsman's heart? She crushed it. She crushed it and but killed him. But it, it, we, it didn't, they didn't say tonight if it was a, a crushed heart or a, or a perfectly formed heart. She, she has a reserves of hearts. She doesn't really need to go back to the one that's like powder and paste and destroyed. But she right. just randomly kill someone. I mean, did she kill oh, Catherine? They're, they're already dead. She's already got I them. I think she's trying to frame David. No, they're not already dead. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, the they're just that their soul is taken, and she's taken so, possession of their life or whatever. Whosever heart that is is dead, which means Catherine is dead or the husband it would be. I wouldn't be surprised if Catherine's dead, would you, for the writers of law? I mean... I was thinking while watching this episode, I kept thinking, oh, Granny's Where's like, Belle, definitely anyway. a, a textbook character die before season one's over. They love killing people off randomly, even key, key, uh, key, key characters. Yeah, but you, you have to remember, this show is also geared, this is a family show, and it's geared towards children as well. So family not- show my ass, they killed off the, the fairy godmother in 5.5 seconds. But they, he, just, he just snapped his fingers, and she popped out of existence. It wasn't like a gruesome killing. Tonight, there was a gruesome killing. They didn't even show the heart. Right. And they didn't really show the kill. I mean, they showed blood, but they, they didn't really show the killing. They just showed, like, the... And first of all, Peter was being torn apart by the wolf. You saw that. You didn't really see it. I mean, maybe it's just my man. You're in this. I didn't see any bones being torn no, they apart. No, they just showed the, the wolf hovering. face. Yeah, with blood. They showed enough to get a really good idea what was First of all, I just want to say what a disappointment the wolf was. The wolf, apparently, with the tracks, I thought it was going to be like five feet tall or like ten feet tall. I know. He was a regular like, wolf. It was a guinea pig. I was like, okay. Like that, it was like yeah. the size of Peter. Just disappointing. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean. It would have been much more menacing or ogre. Yeah, I expected a lot more intimidating when we saw the wolf. I was kind of disappointed by that one. But, I mean, back to the box, the fingerprints, it's kind of, I feel kind of, it's funny, I feel a little stupid and, and tricked because how do we not see that coming? You know, obviously, it goes back to, the, if we go global, what's the whole goal of this whole thing is for the queen to just absolutely tear apart Snow White. And it just makes sense. She... If she did kill, I mean, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if she she's killed. Trying to frame, she's trying to frame David now. Whether she killed Catherine or not, she's trying to frame David for Catherine's murder. No, not White. not David. She's trying to she's frame yeah. she's trying to frame Snow White because the thing is is that last, it seemed like last episode she was trying to frame Snow White, but by the end of tonight's episode, it's clear that Snow White's fingerprints are are on the box, which is obviously. Um, not which which had to be Regina somehow, and on and then Regina goes and protect, tries to protect David in the hospital, saying, "Oh, does he have a lawyer? Are you trying to arrest right. him? Leave him alone?" It's like, right. why are you? Why is she so concerned about David's well-being? I was surprised you weren't really extremely excited, Jason, because it seemed like as of all shows, it was like almost in the zone. The, the queen was on her game tonight. I mean, she has everything covered. Even when you don't know what's going on, you just know, oh, she knows what she's doing. When she was coming, like you said, the, oh, the lawyer president, or when she's got the, I mean, she's got this, she's, she's poised and composed, and she knows exactly what she's doing. That was the first time we doing. saw her. That, that was the first time she appeared in the episode in the hospital. But, she wasn't even in it to the whole, till that point. 
But oh, she was in there, and then she came later on. But every time she right. showed up on screen, I mean, I had the feeling I don't know what she's got up her sleeve, but I know if there was no shakiness whatsoever. She was on her game, a hundred percent. Everything was planned to a T. This woman was like methodical. Well, she's really good at planning conspiracy theories. I mean, she did let loose a, a black curse that basically <laughs> took over the world, the enchanted forest. Well, we're actually going to talk about that in news. There might be a little, uh, little iffiness to that now coming out. Oh, is that a precursor to what's to come? That's an After Buzz exclusive. I see. Okay, uh, After next Buzz talking TV point. exclusive. Attention. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I was thinking, what about this whole cannibalism idea? And I feel like Lisa would, would jump in on this. I feel like the women, whether... Why? <laughs> I don't know. You, you always go metaphorically on me. So you always go deep. Oh. So I'm thinking like maybe metaphorically with love or, or what. It doesn't have to be actual cannibalism, but it feels like one way or another, it's kind of nothing. I don't know. I had to put my finger on it, but it's, there's something Well, I mean, wrong. we can get into to cliches like eat your heart out. Yeah. <laughs> Eat your heart out. Good one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it was like the the girlfriend eating up the boyfriend, spitting him out. It was just right. again so nonchalant too. It wasn't even like she didn't even think twice about it. You know, in the movies, it's always like they fight it or whatever. He was like, "Babe, no," and then she just went, just jumped after him and probably just tore his face apart. I right. feel bad for him. I feel really poor bad guy. for him. Yeah, poor guy. What? He just wanted to get a hot piece of butt and a piece of ass and uh, uh, like that. I didn't mean it like that. Well, he got his ass eaten for sure. Oh, chewed up and spit out. But it's funny, no? Like we we definitely were all guessing. It was a nice little twist, even though looking back, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. But even though looking back, that well, doesn't seem that big of a stretch. We were all like, oh, the granny is it? Oh no, no, maybe it's um, well, Peter. Wait, oh no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Who said Red Riding Hood? You did. You did. As soon as we, we started figuring out it was a werewolf, I said Red Riding Hood's a werewolf. I jumped back and forth. All right. So I'm, I'm, I'm man enough to say, okay. I jumped back and <laughs> forth. I thought Grandma. I really thought it was Grandma because she was kind of like staying up all night, you know, with protection. And then, you know, I think if we thought it was Peter at one point, we feel kind of stupid afterwards because that's too obvious. It threw me off a little bit when Granny told her story, but and you know, I'm like, I, then I thought, well, Granny could be lying, and she was lying. Well, I thought she was lying, and the minute I saw the scar, and she said it was from his mouth, and that was not a from teeth, that was from claws. My question is this: you mentioned it, and I and I still don't really understand it. She said all she had left was her scent. What what does that mean? Like that. She what, said that she 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 it faded away. She said you know uh, all the werewolf traits have faded away except for her sense of smell. So then, so so then, Ruby will it will kind of dissipate over time. Then, well, we uh, apparently, if that's what happened to Gram- Granny, but that could be you know who knows because Granny don't forget that in the real world, then she's she's also having that sense of smell because she's the one di- discovering the box and discovering David. You know, and Emma keeps saying it's uncanny. Oh my God, how did you do that? Well, I thought it was more of a, a psychic ability type thing, not really a sense of smell in the real world. Well, no, that's what they're making. I mean, it's correlating to the sense of smell in the fan, in the fairy world. Yeah, yeah. They're I making will, her have a psychic sense. I will say one thing: they really didn't hype it up too much. Her, her sense. We got the point. But it was like she just oh she just found him or she just found the box. It would have been nice to kind of like see her 
kind of like tap into that, kind of stand there, you know, almost like right. Into she her. just went right to it. It was yeah. too direct. I think we'll probably she that's going to play a, a role in the future with um, definitely with Emma, and I think that's how the, we'll they'll draw her continue to draw her into the storylines, write her into the storylines in the future because... She's going to be used as a detective. With her sixth sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, no, no, she's working back at the... the I mean, she'll probably help out, but well, she's working part back time. at the part-time. No, I'm but saying she's time. probably going to become, like, the deputy. I, I love I love how this town works. Like, I'm going to be... I'm going to cook grilled cheese and I'm going to solve murders and uh, find hearts on the weekend or moonlight doing that. What, what about... <laughs> If you want to kind of go into lame parts of the show, I like this episode, like we said, self-contained, but The Stranger had like about 30 seconds, and he was kind of worthless. He just kind of sparked and spawned the... the yeah, he was kind of like the... I don't know if you remember the movie Local Hero, a great movie uh, with Peter Rieger, and there was a baby in this town, and the baby would just appear randomly. No one ever explained who the baby was or who it came from. It just would appear, and... <laughs> It's kind of like this this mystery man just kind of pops in and then leaves and really doesn't have anything to do with what's happening. I think I think it's one of those just there's a few simmering subplots that are just yeah. you know kind of under the radar under the surface and they're just you know taking their time going very very slowly to to um, even explore what what they mean because right now we have really no even idea what the mystery stranger is there for. Are, are, are we going to make any conjecture about it? I mean, last week, we obviously, or last week before we saw him fixing the book, which was dramatic, this week he really did nothing except for just make Red Riding Hood want to travel to Nepal. One thing I found interesting was in the very, in the opening of the show, when they, you know, kind of before the credits, when they explain what the show is about, kind of they say, in the real world, and there was a curse, and this happened, and who really knows? in the real world, you know, what, what's going on. And they show Regina, they show Mr. Gold, and they show the mystery room. Wow, I didn't see that. That's interesting. I didn't see that yeah. either. There are... There yeah. are they, they were saying the only person that knows was Regina, but that's obviously not, not true anymore. No, that's why it was interesting that they showed those three people when they were, meant, they were you know, doing their summary of the show in, in the opening. Well, he, he clearly knows. Who knows? And we he, don't. And who, who? How many people know? They say, and then they show those three. He clearly knows more than he clearly knows something about something, but we have no clue what it's about yet. There's, there's an interesting rumor um, circling the web that a couple things had out there, but I think we're all probably going to disagree with it, and it doesn't make sense, and it's kind of creepy. They're saying that the stranger is a grown-up Henry. That maybe. Ooh, I like that. But it, yeah. The only drawback is doesn't he hit on Emma, which is his mom, which is really weird. Yeah, that's kind of sick. That's <laughs> a little twisted. So I, I definitely I liked it, except until that when that pops up, it's like you know your first thought is that is not the case. They wouldn't go that far, I don't think. No, absolutely not. Unless he's like if he was like messing with her as a friend, like almost like Michael J. Fox and Back to the Future, which is really you know kind of like oh helping out. Yeah, you know, doesn't want anything to do with him, but. If it's like this, where he's flirting and he's, you know, going on dates, then that's just weird. That's creepy. <laughs> no, I think I actually like um, Mike's original theory of him being a a Grimm, like a, a descendant of, of the Grimm brothers, that where he writes 
and that's how he's connected to the fairy tale world so much. Yeah, I think he resides over everything. So it's not just the fairy tale world; it's it's the real world too. And I think the pages he's going to keep adding into it are going to have some catastrophic, you know, consequences later on. He's going to control everything almost. Which is amazing. Which what you get you get pissed off about the fact that he doesn't have an iPad, the new the new iPad that he has an old school typewriter that probably has magical powers, and and Jason gets very mad about that. Who has oh, it? By Who the has way, to interject, I'm looking up something here about this episode on the Wall Street Journal blog, and the granny's name is Widow Lucas. Yay! Yeah, Widow remember, Lucas. Lisa's last name is Lucas. That's Lisa That's right. Lucas, former child There's star. Widow Lucas. IMDb.com, the, was it the home without a Christmas tree? The house without a Christmas tree. Oh, hey. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry. I I'm on IMDb. You can just put my name. She also starred in Unmarried Woman. <laughs> well, Chris, if you want to go uh, to my um, my little segment, which is my little um, insider segment, um, the, this episode was directed by Ron Underwood, who directed me in a movie called Heart and Souls. Six Degrees of Separation. Yeah. So, Heart and Souls, that was with Rob Lowe? That was with Robert Downey Jr. and Elizabeth Shue and Kira Sedgwick and Alfred Woodard and Charles Grodin and Tom Sizemore. That's a lot of people. <laughs> and David Paymer. Was that the one where they died and it was like, it was like they were all ghosts? Yes, and they go into oh, my baby. I, I, I give birth to the baby who becomes Robert Downey when he grows up. You've seen it, Mike? I've seen it. I remember it, yeah. Do you remember Lisa Lucas? <laughs> I saw the movie I don't know how long ago it's been a while I've never yeah, seen the movie so the highlight was when you gave birth to the baby though <laughs> yes and I was had to pretend to be crashing into a bus uh, when we were in the studio with a bunch of lights in the car <laughs> did anyone leave more comments this week did no. you check I haven't checked but you know what fans out there please leave some comments let us know what you think uh, obviously iTunes, keyword AfterBuzz TV, once upon a time. Yes, please leave comments. I'm always looking for comments. <laughs> comments. I do that too. Comments. Comments. Oh, God. I can't imagine what we're going to get now. Uh, so do we want to... We're going to take a commercial break, and we're going to come back with some news. AfterBuzz TV. Hi. I was once like you, a lazy, angry loner whose only joy was watching TV and surfing the net. And like you, after I'd see one of my favorite TV shows, I'd be so excited and have so many questions that I'd actually have to talk to my douchebag co-workers about it at the water cooler. Then I discovered AfterBuzzTV.com. AfterBuzzTV produces after-show webcasts and podcasts for TV series of all kinds like post-game wrap-up shows for all your favorite TV shows. AfterBuzz TV hosts are industry insiders who break down episodes of shows, take calls from fans, and interview cast and crew from each series with over 60 different after-shows, from Boardwalk Empire to American Idol to Vampire Diaries to Real Housewives and more. Now, after a night of TV, I can ignore my stupid co-workers, who I hate, and go straight to my desk and watch or listen to all my favorite AfterBuzz TV aftershows and have all the TV fan interaction I need. Thank you, AfterBuzz TV. AfterBuzz TV. What do you want to buzz about? 
Welcome back. This is Jason, your co- your host of tonight's show. You wanted to d- d- downgrade to co-host? <laughs> and Mike is going to give us a little bit of news. Enjoy. After Buzz TV News. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was my little intro. So, a lot of news going on out there. If you guys picked up a TV guide, that is the cover story. Once upon a time, it's a privilege to be involved, injected, permeated through this uh, media swirl. Um, great stuff out there. A lot of good stuff coming up. We're at episode 15. I think the season runs in the low 20s until the season finale. So a lot of good stuff coming up. Uh, Examiner and TV Guide continue to be the leader in bringing us the news coming up forward. Examiner had, what they have? So much stuff. Okay, the Mad Hatter was announced. I know we had mentioned Sebastian Stan from Gossip Girl and from Captain America. He will be the Mad Hatter. Kind of an awkward placing, but yet again, nice job on their part because I would never see that coming. Kind of like, you know. And uh, there's some pictures floating out there. If you, if you go to, uh, I think it's TV Guide, keyword Sebastian Stan, you get to see some green screen pictures of him becoming completely mad with the hat on and everything, which is great. Um, Too bad they didn't have Johnny Depp, though. I would love to see Johnny Depp. Yeah. Uh, yeah it, it's, uh, hey, it's, it's a, it's a unique casting. Do a stint on General Hospital. You never know. <laughs> so next up, a lot of good random disjointed stuff, but all great stuff. We have, this is what I talked about with the curse earlier. I teased a little bit. Apparently now, after talking to Robert Carlyle, and this I think is a TV guide, he was uh, pretty forthright saying that our assumptions, I don't know, even have assumptions, the curse might not be tailored for the queen. It's tailored for Uncle Silskin. I agree with that. Remember, the queen stole the curse from the other, um, the other witch. So, oh, wait, wait. Did the queen have it first? And then the she queen stole, stole it. from Mal- Maleficent, and then she used, had to use Rumple. To, she made a deal with him in jail. Yeah, to to cast the curse. No, but didn't she have it to begin with, and then she sold it to Maleficent? Uh, I think, yeah, I think for, like, the sleeping curse, right? Because then she's like, oh, see how well that turned out? Yes, yes, so... Yeah. Where did she get it originally? We don't we don't know, but the, the rumor out there, and what Robert Carlyle kind of alluded to, is that it's more tailored to him, and it's not, it's not what you thought, like, oh, she controls the curse... There's more and more coming out that maybe he controls the curse. That maybe it's, it's his curse to do what he wants with, and he's just playing her like a pawn. I, I agree with that because he, he um, she just released it. She had nothing to, she didn't make it, she didn't do anything. She just released it. So, and she didn't even know what it was. She didn't fully understand it. She just released it. She was played. She was completely played. She thought it would be her happiness, and it's his happiness maybe. We don't, we don't know. We still don't, we still don't even know what the catalyst for all this was of her hatred for snow. You know, well, how her heart was breaking. So glad you bring that up, Lisa Lucas. Uh, we're going to find that out in a couple of weeks when, uh, obviously, really? your favorite actress, Barbara Hershey, comes on to play Cora, <laughs> and who is obviously Regina's mom. And one, there's a bunch of aspects of this. Like, there's so much coming up. It's crazy. It's so juicy. Uh, we're going to feel sorry for... The Queen, apparently, 
for a couple reasons. One, her mom's very controlling, so we'll see where that comes from with her and Henry. So that parallels there. Wait, how do you feel sorry for someone that took someone's heart and crushed it? Did you see the previews of next week, week's episode with Snow White? She was, like, trying to kill a bird or something, and she just Apparently looks she like a brat. Apparently, she's really badass. She's going to have a darker side to her. Yeah. yeah. So she does something bratty to the queen, and they're saying, even, and this was coming from, actually, Jennifer Goodwin, who plays Snow White, was saying that you definitely are going to feel for the queen in ways you never thought you would when you see that you know this coming up. So I'm guessing, and you're going to see, I guess, flashbacks to the, the queen years ago, and something... I think it's this love is going to be ripped from her because the before you get into this, the, the producer hinted and asked questions like, "Think about this: Why was she so mad when Snow White and the Prince were getting married, and why was that? Why is that the catalyst? Think about that, like, which is obvious, kind of, you know." Speaking of Snow White and Mary Margaret, is it just me, or is that the only um, fairy tale slash werewolf character that seems to be such a big disconnect? Like, I love Snow White in the fairy tale world, but Mary Margaret, I really She's very bland. You're very bland. I could care less about. And all the other characters, I like both their counterparts, like, much more equally. Sorry, I just, like, just came No, back. no, I'm, I'm, no, that's good. I'm, I'm trying to think if there's like, someone that's so at, different. There's like so, Red Riding Hood. I love both her personas, you know? Yeah, I don't think there's anyone that disjointed that is completely different. So I like their, their um, parallel characters. She's very different. Like Regina and, you know, Regina and Regina, uh, the queen. It's, um, you know, She's both. <laughs> she does play the damsel in distress a lot in, in the real world, you know, when she sees David and, she, and she's kind of, I don't know, it's, it's hopefully something will kick in and, and kind of wake her up. She is kind of boring and bland. She, she does. She plays the, the victim, I yeah. think, more so in the real world. It's this very weak character, but in the, in the fairytale world, she plays a, a strong, badass, badass bitch. And we're going to see it. how much of a bitch, apparently. Like, I mean, we saw her taking a shoe, a glass, I think it was a glass, or was that? It came so fast. A shoe to, like, the blue mockingbird that, like, she's, we're used to seeing these birds, like, land on her shoulder and sing, and she's trying to kill the bird in the preview. So, obviously, she's kind of like a bitch. She? Ooh. <laughs> Sorry, I interjected that. No, but. no problem. So, finally, our, the last, you know, stuff floating out around there is that, um, in textbook lost fashion, the finale, which I mean, it's kind of, I feel like common sense when I say it, but the finale is going to apparently mirror the pilot in that when Emma came to town, the clock started moving and changed everything. And now at the end, we'll have, so that, that last episode will be something that changes everything in, in dramatic textbook lost fashion where we're going to have another clock moment. That something that hasn't happened in forever, it just starts to happen and you're kind of like, oh, wow, that's a big deal, even though like we, we probably said that a bunch of times. Jason looks very ponderous right now. Yes, because do you have any more, can you be any more vague? That's what I'm, hey, this is what I'm reading, guys. This is what I'm picking up, so <laughs> don't complain to me. I did, like, there was one other thing that kisses actually, you know, the whole a kiss can kill any curse. Kisses actually hey. hurt in the real world instead of helping. Bad things always happen after a magical kiss. Um, David and Snow, she becomes like a, the, the town tramp after that. They kiss and get together. Uh, the kiss with Emma and the sheriff, he dies immediately afterwards, which is kind of, you know, so they're saying, again, the whole flip of the 180 from the fantasy world to the real world. Right. Very good. So what um, what was everyone's favorite moments tonight? Oh, hands. 
hands down, speaking of it being called red-handed, um, I would say um, it has to be when she, when Red Riding is the wolf. I mean, when she discovers when, that. When it's revealed? I didn't see that coming at all. Okay. Mike? Wow. Um, what could it be? Yeah, I guess the, the wolf definitely sticks out. I'm trying to think if there's any other moments that really stick out in my head as, you know, bam. Um, nothing really... You have something on my mind. Pop in. I have a couple moments. I, I love the moment when the granny told Red Riding Hood she dresses like a dread queen during Fleet Week. Right. I missed that. I told. I must have been taking notes or something. I missed that. You, did you hear that, Lisa? Yeah. I, I did. And I can't remember the exact wording, but when um, Red then said, well, Granny, you dress like um, the, 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 the the mother in Psycho. Oh, she that said was good. Me. Yeah, I forgot no, about that. Norman Bates. Norman Bates' mother. mother. When she's Norman Bates' mother or something, it was, however she said it was really funny. I will tell you what I didn't like, which stuck out of my mind, which kind of made me want to, like, gag a little bit. When she came back to the diner to take her job back, and I mean, yeah, take the job back, great, but come on with the cheese. Don't overdo it when she was like, what did she say to her? Oh, it's a hard act to follow. I haven't yeah. been that impressed with Granny this time. She's not like that. I mean, in the, I thought, oh, on the side note, I thought that that was a terrible acting job on that actress's part. I thought that was, she was very... I, Unbelievable and who who the Granny. I thought they. I'm not happy with lately the their casting choices in a lot of these um, supporting roles or these guest roles. I I thought she was not very good at all. Well, speaking of that, I really like the moment when um, when Red Riding Hood finds discovers that she's the wolf and she killed her boyfriend. I felt that was very believable, and her reaction was so emotional. That I thought it was a terrific job. He jumped and like started hugging me. We started spooning during that moment. He was so there was a tear coming off Jason's eye. It was beautiful. <laughs> Lisa, do you feel that was good acting? That moment uh, on for, for Ray Riding Hood. Yeah. Yes, I thought she was very good in that moment. I think she's good. Period. I, 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 that's why when I looked her up, I was surprised. She's very radiating. She's beautiful and she's as, beautiful. And we, we all we all kind of it's weird we kind of agree that when she's in the fantasy world she's far prettier than when she has all her stuff on and her makeup on and kind of trashy in the real world. No, I disagree. I like when she. Sorry, looks, sorry. <laughs> I like. I mean, I'm gay, so I love drag queens. So I agree with Granny. I love the makeup. I love the style. I love her. Mm -hmm. I, she's beautiful either way. I'm just surprised that she you know she hasn't caught on somewhere like a, her own you know a star. Well, maybe she will be a star after this show. After both exclusive. <laughs> and and apparently the next show, next week, is going to be focusing on Rumpelstiltskin's origin. Ooh, I just got, another, no, I just another, got, I just got wood. Another Rumpel origin? But with that, that's, that will come to, um, two predictions for the week. <laughs> Okay, predictions. Who wants to go first? I got, I got, got an okay one. Um, they kind of laid the groundwork. I think we're going to see 
Emma butt heads with Snow White over this whole case. Emma's got a duty. I think they're going to really have a falling out. And it's going to take us, I think, through to the season finale or even further where maybe Mary and Margaret will resent Emma for not believing her. And I think that's going to be a huge rift. So we'll see maybe some moving out going on in the apartment. I don't know. It's going to be a big, big issue between the two of them, I think. Lisa? I, I just, I really can't do it. It's going to be a rumple silkskin. Um, I imagine Mr. Gold is going to be playing a bigger part soon, and it might have something to do with the case against uh, Catherine's murder or disappearance. I think that the framing of Snow White may um, expand, and I think she may, <clears throat> that Regina is going to make sure that she takes it as far as she can. So that may that may be what causes the rift that you predicted, Mike, between Emma and um, Mary Margaret, because she may be starting to suspect that maybe she did have something to do with it. I you know she has she's commented that she would disapprove of her relationship with yeah, David. Yeah, we saw that. No, good good catch, uh, Lisa. Mm-hmm. That was fantastic. I, I I didn't bring it up, but I thought of that when the show. I'm glad you brought that up. That was great. I'm, I'm missing something. What? Uh, it was like almost like a Freudian slip. Almost. Would you agree? He just kind yeah, of yeah. They were walking, and she just kind of blurted out something about that she deserved. I don't remember tramp, the word. Yeah. yeah so she said she's a tramp. She said, "Well, you know, they weren't wrong or something." I mean, the slap. The slap. When uh, she goes, "You you got a deserved slap from Catherine." Right. She said, and she Mary Margaret says, "Deserved." She said, "Well, well deserves is what she said. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I remember now. I'm drawing a blank this week with predictions. Actually, um, I guess I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that Mr. Gold has a part to play in this disappearance of Catherine. Wow, that's a really short. That's a great one. That's because uh, we're all. It's almost misdirection. We're all focused on the Queen. Right, and if if it's Mr. Gold, which would be brilliant, that's a great great observation. I just don't know though what, what his stakes would be, and that she wants to make sure that but Snow White's not happy. But that's the thing; there. we don't know what his stakes are at anything. The only true stake that we've seen from him is is Bell, is his love for Bell. But, but other than that, he just likes to. Can we? Say, ah, the great like happens at the point. Wait, stop. That brings up a great point. She's keeping Belle captive, as far as we know. Uh, Regina. Last we saw her, she was in the mental institute. Yes. Belle. So maybe Mr. Gold is helping her set up Snow White so he can get Belle back. Very possible, because now, we, yeah, we didn't continue on the fact that we haven't uh, seen any repercussions of the fact that they know now. They both know, and they both know that they know. Right. So it could and be so now maybe under the he's surface. doing a deal. Yeah. He wants to get Belle, and she's got Belle, so he's going to exchange. All right, I'll give you Snow White. I'll help you set her up if you give me Belle. Uh, well, I just want to say, if Regina really killed Catherine, that's pretty messed up because um, because that's her only friend in the town, and she kills her only friend. Come on. Well, uh, Red Riding Hood ate her boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, but that was awesome. But it's a fabricated friend. It's not... Yeah, unless no, she's friends, not friends with anybody. She didn't have weird friends. Yeah, unless she was friends with anybody in the in the fantasy world. She's friends with Maleficent. And the thing is, even bad people can have friends. 
Come on. <laughs> we can make this an after-school special. <laughs> Bad people can't bullying. Too, Lisa. bullying. They're a bunch of bullies. <laughs> okay, and I think that is the end of our predictions for tonight. So, once again, thank you all for joining us on After Buzz TV, Once Upon a Time. Please leave comments. <laughs> oh. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz TV. Later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. Buzz TV.